This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 205, Victoria Marie Gallagher on Practical Law of Attraction. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Welcome back to the program. It's Jason Lynette here, and I've been meaning to have Victoria Marie Gallagher on the program for quite some time now, and I actually had a great appearance over on her Hip Talk program, which you can check out. We're going to link to that in the show notes over at worksmarthypnosis.com, and especially getting into this topic, which is widely debated, uh, praised and criticized at the same time, the whole concept of law of attraction, and then uh, her sort of spin on this is putting the word practical at the beginning of it, which of course also is the name of her book, which you can check out on Amazon. And we get onto that topic in terms of what is often misunderstood about this idea. What is it that perhaps we're already talking about that fits into similar themes? And how can we put that action into attraction? And think about it in such a way that it actually, well, becomes practical. So it's interesting that as soon as uh, these themes pop up online, there's a lot of criticism that's often there. And it's from my perspective that if we look at something and just immediately go directly to the negative and say, that doesn't work, that's not a thing, we kind of limit ourselves. We shut ourselves off. As opposed to asking the question, well, what can I do with that? How can I spend that idea to make that work better? How can I spend that idea to make that work better for me? Uh, I'd share, there's a theme that I've not really talked much about. I've probably brought it up a few times in conversation here on the podcast. And it's where I'm going to use a word that a lot of people would use this word in a bit of a negative light. And if you go back to episode number 200 with Adam Eason, we kind of dip our toes into the topics of placebo. And the concept that I'd kind of introduce, though, is that what if we go placebo on techniques that actually work? So here's an example of this. Uh, Actually, going back to a much earlier episode with Scott Giles, I've heard Scott Giles years ago talk about the idea that he works a lot with people going through cancer treatments. And at times, he's using hypnotic suggestion to help the people get a stronger result from the medications that they're taking. Let's look at that. Here's the thing that is absolutely working for the person, the medication, the treatments they're going through for the cancer. And he's using hypnotic suggestion to heighten the awareness of the results that they're getting. And thanks to Scott in some way for this sort of inspirational way of looking at something. What if we take techniques that we already know are effective, which we can fold into that so many other things, whether it's mindfulness-based meditation to look at the work that Richard Nongard has put out in recent years to take uh, the concepts of visualization featuring uh, you know, future guests that I need to have on the program and several others I've heard talk about those topics. Anyone who's talked about athletics on this program, we know these things are effective. These things have stood the test of evolutionary science, and we're still talking about them as concepts. But what if we put that appropriate spin on top of it to sell its efficacy? The same way that Back to, I believe, episode number two of this podcast series with Michael Elner, the way that Michael would ask a client, hey, today we can do option one or option number two. Which one of those do you think would be the most effective for you today? And by getting that answer, they are delivering a hypnotic contract. And by doing so, they are self-validating in advance hey, this thing is going to work for me. So perhaps to look at this whole law of attraction concept of, again, 
practical, putting action to the attraction of what are the things that you're doing? What are the things that you're putting out there? And in many ways, yes, I could sit here and say I've manifested uh, multiple six-figure hypnosis businesses, and yet chronicling all of it in my Work Smart Business book, here is the massive action that I did to make that stuff happen. So rather than look at a title and just simply say, that's not a thing, instead to go, what are those ways that I can spin this idea for me? What are those ways that I can use this as a source of inspiration? And a huge thank you to Victoria for coming on this program and sharing some of those thoughts and really helping to answer some of those questions. And in terms of business success, I'd encourage you to head over to hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. This is where, in a step-by-step, easy-to-digest library, I've put together the roadmap as to how I've built multiple six-figure hypnosis businesses. Everything from done-for-you marketing campaigns to step-by-step tutorials of search engine optimization, how to work with social media in such a way that you actually get found, how to launch your own media engine to drive and attract people to your business. This is all chronicled inside of hypnoticbusinesssystems.com and head over there right now because you can check out, there's actually an option now for an all access pass. Check that out at hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. And with that, let's head directly into this episode. Be sure to check out the show notes at worksmarthypnosis.com for the links to Victoria's book, her podcast, and various other resources. Here we go. This is episode number 205, Victoria Marie Gallagher on Practical Law of Attraction. You know, I was in a time in my life where um, a lot of things were, you know, I lost my passion for my business. I was a stockbroker at the time, and I actually entered the world of hypnosis through the world of personal growth. I was taking a lot of personal development seminars like Sci Seminars, Landmark Forum, those kinds of things. And I discovered during that time, I just really loved a lot of the processes that they were doing to help us to get in touch with ourselves, the, the closed eye techniques, the visualizations, the meditations. And I loved that. And I would I would be out asking my friends, come take this seminar. It's the greatest thing in the world. You're just going to make all these breakthroughs and people wouldn't, (laughs) wouldn't go. (laughs) And so I'm like, well, if they're not going to come to the seminar, then I'm going to bring the seminar to them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I got this idea. This was over 20 years ago. I got this idea that I wanted to make meditation recordings that people could download off of a website that I would create and people would download and listen to these meditations in the comfort of their own home. And, you know, people thought I was crazy and they thought, there's no way you can make enough money, uh, you know, selling uh, hypnosis recording, or actually it wasn't even hypnosis at the time, it was just meditation. And so what caused me to become a hypnotist was I was looking for a way to validate the script writing that I was doing. And I was writing these scripts and I was like, well, are these any good? Like, how do I know that I'm going to be effective? How do I know that these are actually going to make the changes that I want people to make? And I'd start doing this long study online of how to write a meditation that's effective and, you know, that doesn't hurt anybody. And, (laughs) you know, I just wanted to make sure that I was legit and I knew what I was doing. And somehow or another, 
I came across a hypnotherapy certification course that was in Las Vegas, where I was living at the time, and was opening uh, their first class, uh, the hypnosis class was starting in the next two weeks. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is exactly what I want to do. And I even took it to the next level. You know, I wasn't going to become a hypnotherapist. Like I was literally just getting the certification just so I could write the scripts and sell the recordings and know that I was legit. Right. Yeah. But I, you know, <laughs> but I thought, well, what the heck, you know, th this would be fun. Um, you know, I'm already doing this as a stockbroker. People come in and tell me about their love life and their, you know, they, they'd rather talk about anything else than how much money they have. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, well, why not, you know, just become a hypnotherapist and start seeing uh, clients and, you know, really, really uh, get to a point where I understood how people's minds really work. And so I opened up my office and I started, uh, you know, seeing clients and one thing just kind of led to another. And, uh, I thought I was going to have time to build up my hypnotherapy practice before, um, you know, before having to quit my, my day job, so to speak. And um, my, my branch manager at the time found out what I was doing. And of course, you know, I was up and up, I was getting a business license. And that's how he found out because they sent every single person in the world a background <laughs> check form. And uh, he's brings me into his office one day. He's like, what is this? Are you starting a business? And I'm like, uh, yep. <laughs> and he's like, this is a conflict of interest and uh, you need to make a decision. You either wow. have to uh, close your office or close your new business or you got to, you know, um, make a make decision. And he gave me 30 days and I wasn't making any money as a hypnotist yet. I was spending money. I had yellow mm. pages ads. <laughs> I, had, I had office rent. I had, you know, all these additional expenses, which I could afford as a stockbroker, but certainly not yet in my hypnotherapy practice. And I said, well, we're going to see how this, uh, this whole if you think it, <laughs> believe it, you can do it. <laughs> We're going to put it to the test. And, uh, you know, I made the decision and never looked back. And, uh, you know, went through probably like the first year and a half um, difficult times because uh, the, the truth of the matter is I was just a baby in learning this whole manifestation thing. And I thought I knew it. And the thing is, is that this is the stage where most people give up on learning how to manifest their dreams. Most people at that point where I was struggling would say, you know what, this stuff doesn't work. I tried and it really just doesn't work. But I knew enough to know, you know, because I had now become a hypnotherapist and I understood a little bit more about how the subconscious mind works now. And I got it that, you know, I just didn't have the belief in myself firmly planted where it needed to be at the subconscious level. And so I worked on my beliefs and continued meditating and hypnotizing myself. And eventually I had that breakthrough. I love that, especially the moment of having to make that decision. And uh, let's kind of explore that moment. What was that 
thought process of I can keep doing what's easy, perhaps, and is a guaranteed paycheck, and I already know how to do it, and this is all taken care of, or I can just jump ship and do something that's really, in some way, you had been doing, but now doing on purpose, as it were. Yeah, well, you know, and even then, I kind of thought I could finagle the system a little bit. So my mind was working out another safety net for myself. So what I did is I partnered up with another stockbroker in uh, that was just a little younger in the business than me. And I said, Hey, you know, just so you know, I'm leaving in 30 days, and I want to give you all my clients and let's just split it 50%, you know, whatever commissions you make just, you know, for the next year, give me 50% so that I can break free and do this. And so we went out and I spent the whole next month talking, bringing her to meet all of my top clients, like the top 20 clients in my book. And we had them even sign an agreement um, because, you know, when you leave, um, when you leave the business, usually what they do is just split up your book and break it up. And the client doesn't have any choice who they're going to work with. And a lot of times they'll actually leave and go to another firm because, um, you know, they don't want to work with the new broker and they've got a relationship with another uh, brokerage firm. Usually they don't just have one relationship. So anyway, long story short, that 30 day came, went to the branch manager. I'm like, okay, well, I've made a decision. I'm going to leave. But here's Shirley. Shirley's going to take over my book. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) He says, nope, (laughs) that's not going to happen. And so I was like, oh, okay. I just spent the last 30 days mm-hmm. uh, going in the complete wrong direction. I could have been building my hypnotherapy business. <laughs> <laughs> and instead, I was trying to figure out a way to, you know, kind of keep sustain the income that I already had that seemed like the best way to do it. So, you know, and, and not only that, I had to leave, uh, you know, we had this investment plan that, um, you know, you and that I, I was putting 25% of my income into every month. And this, um, it doesn't vest for two years. So every month that you put in the, the last two years that you put in, you don't get until, you know, two years later. And so I had to like leave all that money on the table and, but it was just like this this unreasonable belief that I had in following the dream. And that is one of the reasons why I do what I do now mm-hmm. um, is just because I, I, you know, even though like there's been those struggles, it's just been so worth it, you know, to have that liberty, to have built something that I'm proud of, that, um, you know, I can travel and go where I want, do what I want. Nobody tells me when I can have lunch or go to the bathroom, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and, and I just, I have this thing that I'm proud of. And I, I feel like if most people were true to themselves and really followed what's the, in their heart, the desire that they have in their heart, most people would choose to do something different than the the safe road, the the road to comfort um, that they're that they're in right now. So I I just really want to help people to break free of those constraints and the things that they you know um, are selling themselves short on. Yeah, and it's where you know sharing that 
that origin story at times. It's where there's a lot of people out there who are just kind of at that border, or maybe even they've been learning it for quite some time. And it's that experience now to be able to hear, here's one method of putting it into use. One of, one of my favorite things, though, is that we always, of course, take something from what our experiences were before, and that begins to inform what we do now. And you kind of hinted at this, that in that role of stockbroker, you were listening to the entire system of that person. It wasn't just their finances and their investments. It was that fact that you were really engaging with them in such a way that now you kind of had that whole story, and this is how you were better able to help them in terms of creating that outcome, right? Exactly. And, you know, there's so many things that uh, really play into being able to, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of um, a lot of hypnotherapists, you know, they have a hard time asking their clients to spend a lot of money, you know, to to do the full system that they need to do with them, you know, whether it's like their 12 system, their, their, their 12 system, their 12 <laughs> session system that they really, really need to work through for their weight loss or whatever it is. And I, because I dealt with people that had millions of dollars, I never had that, uh, that problem asking people to invest in themselves because I knew that, you know, they were, well, of, of course, I had the luxury of working in the brokerage business during, um, you know, 1993 to 1998, where, where the market basically tripled. <laughs> um, so I could do no wrong. So it's when you it's people. it's when you left that it all fall apart is what I'm hearing. It you know what it fell apart <laughs> right after I left. And then of course, now, you know, things 20 years later and are in a much, much bigger place. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it, it did. It was kind of a funny thing. Because it seemed like, you know, yeah, right after I left, it's like Victoria left and all of our stocks are falling apart. What happened? <laughs> um, so yeah, I left during, uh, you know, kind of the height in that moment, you know, stock market always goes up. Mm -hmm. um, you just have these, uh, you know, events. You, just, you just have these events. And you have to, um, you know, get through those events. But ultimately, it's designed to go up because every company is ultimately, you know, going to become more and more profitable, you know, year after year. So uh, that's... There's, there's a question to kind of go back here that at one point you were looking at doing meditation programs and mm -hmm. then from there seeking out the hypnosis, let's phrase it this way if the ma this makes sense, in terms of legitimizing it and actually knowing that what you're doing is going to serve a specific outcome. What would you say was different from moving from the mindset of meditation program to now hypnosis program? I think just the main thing was that at the time I was, um, I had the credentials of a hypnotherapist. So I figured that hypnosis is more designed to, uh, you know, to achieve a very specific outcome, whereas meditation just doesn't really sound as powerful. It just seems like something, you know, that was just the thought process at the time that, you know, it was more designed to like help people, you know, with these, um, you know, these major breakthroughs that they wanted uh, to make in their life rather than, you know, this sort of meditation that just seems like, well, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna just relax and, and enjoy a, a, a guided moment here and, and um, in the, you know, comfort of my own mind, and, you know, that kind of thing. It just didn't seem like as 
I don't know. Uh, it seemed like the possibilities were better, you know, with with just using the credentials that I had of being a hypnotherapist. So fair to paraphrase that that you saw the hypnosis as being more outcome oriented. That's exactly right. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the words escape escape me. <laughs> but yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. So going through that that training then, and eventually launching the business, how much of what you were doing then was focused on, let's say, on live one to one services versus sticking with then that online medium you were thinking of originally. So at the time, and again, you know, my my focus in the back of my mind was always on, uh, you know, building the website and creating the uh, the hypnotic um, recordings. Um, so I spent about half of my time, you know, usually in the evening, I'd be writing scripts and making the recordings. And during the day, I would see, you know, maybe at the height of it, probably up to four clients. And I knew myself, um, that was about the max for me, like, Mm -hmm. as far as, I mean, I could see more, but I didn't have the energy um, based on the thing that I, you know, was really, really working on, you know, which was building my um, hypnotic recording empire. Yes. (laughs) Um, So, you know, at the at the height of it, um, I saw about up to maybe 20 clients a week. And they came to me, it was really not a difficult thing for me to, uh, you know, to get, uh, you know, like a part time, um, you know, uh, crew of people that were coming uh, to see me on a weekly basis. And I did that for about five years. And then my husband and I um, decided to move from I was in Las Vegas at the time, we decided to move to the East Coast. And that's when I had another decision to make. Um, Do I open up another office in, you know, in another state and, and go through all that again? And by that time, my internet business was successful. So I just figured, well, I think this is where we say goodbye to doing, um, you know, live in-person sessions. Now, do I do sessions? I do occasionally do, uh, you know, like Skype sessions and, uh, you know, Zoom sessions, um, you know, with people from time to time. But I only do it in a very, very specific niche. I only deal with people who are looking for uh, some sort of a breakthrough in uh, their success mindset, you know, when it comes to entrepreneurial things, things that like, this is what I am doing, you know, myself. So I know the language, I know the vocabulary. I don't uh, typically like to, you know, hypnotize people for weight or smoking or health or, or get distracted with any other topics, you know, so I only deal with Victoria's, you know, people who are doing what I do. You know, what's beautiful about that is the fact that we get to choose those things that we work with, that it doesn't have to be everyone who calls in. Now, of course, for that person who's brand new, they may be kind of chomping at the bit to get out there and find that experience. And there is something to be uh, mentioned around. Sometimes you have the idea of what you want to work with quite a bit, and then you start doing it, then you realize, I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I I, I originally was like, oh, I want to work with kids. I really enjoy helping kids. And I, I enjoyed that. I did not enjoy dealing with their parents. So <laughs> the schedule nowadays, you know, limits that uh, of kind of splitting the time similar online, splitting the time live and in person. But, you know, we can we can choose those things that we work best with. And I'd imagine 
for someone who's reaching out to you for those things, you have programs for those now instead, right? I do. And yeah. and that's really where my focus is, is, you know, like, look, I 100% will say that if you can afford it, then, you know, and you have some uh, things that you're really wanting to break through in your life, the number one thing is go to see a hypnotherapist that's certified and, um, you know, can help you one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, that's the crumb to la crumb. But not everybody um, either can afford that or maybe they don't have the time for that or, um, you know, maybe they're like Victoria, which is like a do-it-yourselfer type of person. And that is, I always found that I like helping and guiding, not even necessarily helping, but guiding the self-helper. That's yes. my, you know, that's my person. Um, I've always been into self-help. I've always wanted that guidance. I've always read a lot of, like, I don't, think I've ever read, uh, read a fiction book in my life. <laughs> you know, I don't like to read books that just waste my time. <laughs> you know, no. I kind of hit the same revelation a couple of uh, months ago in the writing of mine going, you know, I'm looking at all these other categories and I just, I haven't read one of these in, you know, quite a bit. You yeah. Know, I, can, I saw the, saw the movie based on that, but, <laughs> but again, give me, give me something I can put into action. Give me something I can actually turn into something. Yes, I like books that you can do. <laughs> I want to do something with this book. So I've so I've been the so I've always that's that's obviously what I've taken after and where I've got most of my information is you know through uh, you know through self help and through um, you know things that guide you to explore uh, yourself and become more aware and break through your limiting beliefs and and that's what um, so I like to just empower people more you know who are looking to empower themselves so from your perspective and uh, I'd give a sort of preamble to this that I think there's too many people out there who are looking at online programs or sort of the do-it-yourself model and would often say, even for training, they'd go, that doesn't work as well. Mm -hmm. And instead, I think it's more empowering to step off to the side and ask, how do I make this work even better? Because there's things that a program, a product can do differently that a live service can't. So on the training side, here's one of my training programs that there's like six demos of the same technique. This way you can see it on your own time, modified for different people, which you would hate me if you were in a classroom and I did the same demo seven times over. But now in an online platform, it makes sense to go back and revisit it, you know, on your own time or hell, watch them all in one sitting. What, what's kind of your perspective in terms of how do we punch up those, those digital programs to, to improve them? You know, I think the thing is, is that we need to preface it with the, the, you're going to get the most value out of this by approaching it with an attitude that, you know, that if it's possible for one person to get change out of this, then it's possible for you. I mean, you can, you know, nice, and, yeah. and, 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 and I'm sure that you've experienced this even, you know, where people, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've had one or two failures, you know, with people in a live hypnosis setting, where people say, Oh, that didn't work. And, you know, and, and if, you know, if, if a person is going to get success, they have to be of a success mindset. They have to want it to happen. They have to have that that desire. They have to believe that they can change and they have to have the motivation that they can change. So I like to just build it up 
with them right up front in the intro that um, also lets them know that like, I don't have a magic wand. I'm not going to sprinkle magic fairy dust over <laughs> you. You are the one that is doing the work, whether you're doing it with somebody live and in person, or you're doing it listening to this recording. It's your mind. It's your thought process. It's your saying yes to yourself. It's your saying, I'm going to take this. I'm going to make this work. I mean, you can, you can take any tool and there's multiple ways of looking at that tool or working with that tool. And you can work with that tool in a way that is ineffective. <laughs> <laughs> and you can work with that tool in a way that brings about what it is that you want. So, you, whoops, I'm keep hitting my microphone. I talk with my hands. <laughs> um, you have to work with the tools and you have to want and have that desire to change. And that, that can only come from within you. So I know you talk quite a bit about law of attraction and just for those that kind of know it just by the title or some of the, uh, you know, sort of the characterizations of it, how, how is it that you define that? So I really use the dictionary definition of law of attraction, which is to cause something to come into place for you. Um, you know, it's basically you're, you're making something happen. Um, a lot of people, I think they hear this word attract, right? And they think that that means that you're going to just something is magically going to appear in place without you having caused that to happen. So, um, you know, for example, we have websites, right? And what do we what do we do? We attract visitors <laughs> to our websites. Um, now, does that mean that we just put a website up and we say, hmm? I'm going to think really hard about people coming and visiting my website. No, <laughs> we are going to cause people to visit our website. We're going to um, make the website attractive. We're going to, uh, we're gonna, going to lure people. We're going to entice people. We're going to make it mesmerizing. We're going to tempt them in some way to come and check out our website. And so that is what attracting is. It's about making yourself or whatever it is, you know, that you, uh, you know, it's making yourself so irresistible that the thing that you want will be attracted to you, whether it's attracting a job, whether it's attracting a mate, whether it's attracting new customers into your business. And so this law of attraction is really about applying these uh, principles, I like to call them in my book, conditions for manifesting. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm kind of exposing a little bit more of the truth about the work that you need to do as a person to make law of attraction actually work for you. Because here's the thing, a lot of people got their initial understanding and exposure to law of attraction through the hit movie, The Secret, which most people have heard of by now. And the way that that movie portrays law of attraction is wonderful. First of all, I always, I love that movie. I, I watch it because it's very inspirational and, um, but it has holes in it mm -hmm. um, because the way that 
you know, they have to work within the confines of two hours <laughs> to explain this kind of complex topic. Yeah, I'd share and, my, my moment was the person talking about, oh, I use this everywhere. When I pull into a parking lot, I use the secret to find a parking space. And sure enough, one always opens up. And I did find myself yelling at the television. That's how parking lots work. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, but it's like like the vision I always uh, have when I'm think when I'm having this conversation is the woman who's in the looking at the uh, the beautiful you know probably uh, six figure necklace um, in the, at the jewelry store and and she's she's like focusing on this necklace and the next thing you know the next day somebody's putting it around her neck and it's like whoa there's more steps and, there <laughs> <laughs> you know or the or the kid who's looking at the bicycle and the next thing, thing you know you know the bicycle shows up on his you know uh you know on his front porch and you know these kinds of um ideas they give people a lot of false hope mm -hmm. that you can just wish uh, out there to the genie and attract your desires and it doesn't there are steps in between and you know and people have these uh these very flippant desires you know that come and go and they're not really committed to these desires they're just like wishing that something is going to happen but they're not actually committed and i really believe that attracting something into your life um, you know, attracting something deliberately. I mean, we attract things all the time. We're always like, if you're in a kind of a nasty mood one day, you know, probably going to attract a little bit of a, of a bad day because, you know, that's sort of how the reticular activating system works. It's going to filter out things that are in a line, you know, that are not in alignment with you know, what you are focused on, what you're believing. And same thing with your subconscious mind. I mean, and and that's the other part of this missing piece for so many people and being a hypnotherapist, um, you know, nothing is going to happen. Absolutely nothing is going to happen until you get your desire lined up with the beliefs in your subconscious mind. You got to get the beliefs in your subconscious mind aligned with your desire, what it is that you want. Um, and, and people that just kind of spend 30 days with like, okay, I'm going to manifest a million dollars. <laughs> um, well, have you ever manifested $20? <laughs> we got to start there. We got to get a little bit into the, um, you know, we got to get a little bit of confidence going with the fact that you can manifest what you desire to create. So that's why I wrote this book called Practical Law of Attraction because I, and I, that is really the key word in this whole thing is it's the practical things that you can do to make this law of attraction actually work to your benefit. What I what I love inside of that is it starting from a place where somebody has, let's call it out, a misconception of the process, a idea that's not quite exactly what it is, which really is that foot in the door to open up a dialogue and explain it in a much more direct way and explain, here's how in some way you're already doing this. And here's how you can do it better, which that right there is the exact same conversation we would use as hypnotists too. 
It really is. You know, I mean, there's a lot of misconceptions, as you're well aware of, about what hypnosis is. And the people that don't believe in hypnosis, they don't believe in hypnosis because they don't really understand what it is and how it works. And I say the exact same thing to people who don't believe in the law of attraction. You do come up with, I do come up with many people who say, oh, that's just, you know, people get like angry about <laughs> the law of attraction. <laughs> and it's like, look, I get it. You know, it's just because it hasn't been explained to you how to actually use it the, you know, the right way. And, you know, it's, um, it's not magic. Manifesting is not magic. Are there magical moments that do arise when, you know, there's this, uh, one of my favorite quotes, and um, I actually just pulled pulled my book up here. Um, okay, so here's to me, like this is like the essence of law of attraction. Until one is committed, there is hesitancy, the chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans, that the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves to. And, you know, and that's where when I, you know, you hear that providence moves to, and there's like a whole other extra paragraph to that. But, you know, when, um, you know, you've had these, these kind of coincidences and synchronicities and, and things like that happen, um, you know, that is like the whipped cream on, you know, the, the, everything else that you've already done to put everything in, into place. You know, there, there are those little magical instances that, that can arise when you have like definitely committed yourself to do everything in your power that you need uh, to do. But the thing is, is most people are not committed. They're not committed like a prisoner is committed to get out of prison. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you mentioned things to do. You mentioned actions for commitment. What are some of those examples of things to actually activate these and turn them into something? So the first uh, thing, and I when I say first, I don't mean in a linear mm -hmm. process. I just mean, you know, one of the most important things is to get in touch with what it is that you specifically want and focus on that one thing. Because, you know, so many times people, uh, they you know, they're focused on, I want a relationship. I want to lose weight. I want to attract money. I want a new business. They're focused on, they're, they're, their focus is divided into too many different things, and they're not committed to focusing on just one very specific thing. So that's the first thing is to really um, define for yourself, what is it that you are committed to be really specific about that you would like to manifest? So that's one thing. The other thing is being committed to giving up a certain way of thinking that is not supporting you. You know, people really love complaining, <laughs> <laughs> love complaining, you know, and, um, 
I was, hopefully my husband will never listen to this podcast, but I know last night, you know, we're, we're out for a, for a walk and I'm telling him like, God, everything's great. You know, this is just, you know, um, talking about my book, number one, talking about, you know, three interviews today and going to do this and going to do that. And I'm just like, life is great, you know? And then he tells me about his situation at the grocery store and how this person, you know, did this and that person did that. And I'm like, mm. and I'm like, so, it, so what good happened today? <laughs> you know, and the thing is, is we, you have to be committed to the, what, what thoughts are you uh, thinking about? Are you thinking thoughts that are designed to, uh, and, and very meticulously aimed to at getting what you want? Or are you more committed to, gossiping and and uh, talking about how bad it is and having a uh, competition with, you know, <laughs> who's had the worst day ever <laughs> and, you know, that kind of thing. So those are just, those are a couple of things. Um, but obviously, you know, it, it, it takes much more than that. I mean, you have to be willing to put some skin in the game and you have to be willing to take action and inspired action at that. Not just, you could be taking lots and lots of actions, but if the actions that you're taking are not in alignment with what maybe your intuition is telling you that you really need to do, um, you know, and I do talk about paying attention to the the inner voice, um, which Lord knows where that com comes from. Maybe it comes from infinite intelligence, super conscious, who knows where that voice comes from. But you need to take a look at what that inner voice is saying to you and act on those things. Because if you're just kind of like not willing to listen to that inner voice and you're taking action, 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 and those actions are not the correct actions that are leading you towards success, then eventually you're going to burn yourself out and give up. On your, on your goal and say, oh, this doesn't work. So then speaking of setting a goal towards a specific action and following through with it, what was that thought process to, to write the book? So as far as what, like, what was my thought process? Yes. Like when I, um, you know, it was interesting because I always wanted to write a book and, you know, and I've, I've written little books, um, you know, like that, uh, that I give away on my website. You're mm -hmm. familiar with those kinds yeah. of books. And so I never wrote like a serious book that I was <laughs> angling to become a number one best-selling book. And so there were a couple of things that kind of came about in the process of writing this book. Uh, number one, if you'd asked me this time last year, if I was going to write a book in 2018, I would have said, no way, you're crazy. There's not a chance that I'm writing a book this year. As a matter of fact, um, a, uh, a dear client of mine said, Victoria, you really, really need to write a book. Um, that's your next step. And I just see it for you. I see this vision. I see you writing a book. I'm like, no, I don't have time. I have zero time for that. Another person, you know, tells me, Victoria, you need to write a book on law of attraction, blah, blah, blah. You know, and, um, and I had so many different, um, because I've sort of 
develop myself as someone known in this law of attraction space, a lot of people are always asking me questions about how to make law of attraction work. And I'm constantly asking, answering these questions. And I have various different products for them, but I just didn't have like the place to put them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just, and I, so, so all of these things, and then I was invited to create a certification training at a specific um, hypnosis convention. And I'm like, well, I don't have a curriculum designed uh, for that. (laughs) And so it just- That's always a great thing when someone else says, you're really good at this. Can you do something with it? And you're going, oh yeah, I should. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I'm like, I don't have a- So then I'm like, well- I guess it's time to sit down and mm-hmm. write that book. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of my my mentors who I got certified in law of attraction through, one of the several um, was is a gentleman by the name of Michael Lozier who wrote a book actually a couple of years before The Secret came out. His book is pretty popular called Law of Attraction. And so he's kind of been a little mentor of mine. I shouldn't say a little mentor. (laughs) He's a big mentor of mine. And it was really interesting because I was interviewing him on my podcast. And somehow or another, our conversation turned into how to write a book. And he was giving me all these tips on how to write a book. And, And the tips that he gave me just shaped my book so quickly that I really just started um, all filling in all the missing pieces that I had. And I was able to really quickly um, kind of get my content how I needed it. And it, it uh, I like I realized after he told me just to I mean, the first tip that he gave me was just make your uh, your Word document six by nine instead of eight and a half by 11, because your book's not going to be eight and, a half, eight and a half by 11. So <laughs> you think that you haven't written enough pages yet, but when you put it into six by nine, you'll realize how many pages. And he told me, you know, to write like a 150 page book. And I tried to keep it 150. 50 pages, you know, just so it fits in a certain size envelope and, you know, shipping would be less expensive and all that kind of stuff. And I tried to adhere to that, but the book just sort of took off and wrote itself. See, I like the opposite. I wrote mine in eight and a half by 11, just standard Word document. Then it got formatted to five by eight. And I'm like, ooh, I just went from 96 pages to 262. Yes. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, our book is about the same size. It's my, mine's 260... Nine pages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, uh, it was like really interesting to, you know, cause then, um, you know, once, cause I mean, my book does have some uh, illustrations and, uh, you know, e- each, uh, you know, each, each section has its own like little divider. So it's like when you, when you actually sit down and, and, you know, format your book, you kind of realize, wow, you know, I mean, if I had been going the way I was going, I would have written a 500 page book. And, you know, you find in hindsight, I'm sure this happened to you too. You find like, oh, I should have put that in my book. I should have put that in my oh, book. Oh, yeah, it's already <laughs> happening. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so part two, <laughs> coming soon. <laughs> no, you know, like I, I really feel like the next one is going to be um, more of a niche um, because, again, I really like focusing on, on, you know, entrepreneurs, even more specifically digital marketers. 
like myself. And so I, you know, I feel like, wow, what a neat combination to, you know, come out in the future with uh, law of attraction for digital entrepreneurs or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. That setting that sort of landmarker in terms of this is who I am, this is what I do, and then getting specific from there. The same way that here's the hypnotist that you know perhaps does begin as many of us would as the generalist, but then starts to branch out into very specific categories because that's what we have the passion of helping. And just to call it out, that's what, when we have that passion, bringing that law of attraction side of it, now that's that thing that we see we do the best work with. Exactly, yes, it, it really is. And you only get better and better at that because you're not uh, dividing your energy and dividing your focus into you know having to be the jack of all trades and know so many things. I almost get scared now of anybody who does so many different things, you know, even mm -hmm. like, I mean, when it comes to marketing, um, you know, oh yeah, I do the, the website and the advertising and the, you know, it's like, don't, don't you like have one thing that you're <laughs> like really, really good at. <laughs> and, you know, and I, I really, that's, and that's a lot about what this book also helps people to discover. Cause I really, it's, you know, so much of, this book is really about personal growth. And, and, and that's always been my philosophy with attracting things is look, you're going to attract things that are at your level of um, being able to attract like whatever you are, wherever you are, however you are being, um, you know, that's what you're ready for in your life. You know, if you're, um, you know, at a certain, certain level, um, you know, of, of, uh, if you're at a certain level in your job, you know, you're not going to attract the job of a CEO. If you're the janitor, you know, you're going to attract what you are lined up with. And so, um, that's, you know, when it comes to being able to manifest your dreams and create your life, it, you know, it's really about self-empowerment and whatever, um, self-empowerment work that you've done on yourself. Uh, you know, I have, and I, I rarely ever speak to these, this, these parts of my book that I need to like actually bring up. Um, but I have, in addition to these eight manifesting conditions, I also have in section four is the qualities. And I talk about the 16 qualities that help you to become, you know, kind of a more magnetic person, integrity, having awareness, having a good attitude, you know, all of these things are obviously going to open up doors and new opportunities for you. Beautiful. And uh, so the book is Practical Law of Attraction, and we'll link to that in the show notes over at worksmarthypnosis.com. And uh, as I like to say, this is not a hypnosis podcast that pretends that other hypnosis podcasts don't exist. Uh, so yeah. tell us about your program. Absolutely. Okay. So I also have a podcast, which is... <laughs> been attracting some pretty cool guests lately, including yourself, Jason, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> called Power of Your Mind podcast. And I, you know, came up with that idea actually, uh, you know, several, couple of couple years ago, um, a girlfriend of mine uh, came up and she, she has these little mini meditations on her podcast. And I was just looking at her podcast and her Instagram that goes with it. And I was like, 
oh, that looks neat. That looks fun. I want to do that. You know, it was just sort of like fun. And I thought, well, what what would I talk about? And of course, I um, originally, I was just doing the podcast myself. And it was, um, you know, it was challenging week after week, coming up with new material, new, new content, you know, that I that I need to, uh, you know, talk about. It's like, it's fine, you know, the first 12 or 24 episodes you have, but then you just kind of like, well, I talked about that. And I talked about that. And so I attracted like my first uh, guest, somebody uh, reached out to me and it was somebody that I actually, it was Christy Whitman, who um, was just somebody that I, uh, I looked at, I, she was somebody I kind of looked up to and I, and I was like, um, I was just so surprised when somebody reached out to me and said, yeah, we want to have Christy Whitman be on your, your podcast. And it all of a sudden the lights went on. I was like, oh yeah, I could ask other people <laughs> to, <laughs> to be on my show. <laughs> and, you know, once I did that, it just really, you know, you have them like tell, tell you what they want to talk about. They pretty much supply most of the content and, you know, you just say, uh-huh. And you ask them the questions and, you know, and, and on top of that, I learn, you yeah, know, and exactly. that's, that's the cool thing is like, um, you know, just yesterday, the lady that I was interviewing for my podcast, it was just so fun. You know, I just um, and when you and I had our conversation, you know, you learn something through these. So it's the power of your mind podcast. And it's just about inspiring you in learning how to use, of course, the power of your mind. It's all things power of your mind. We talk about hypnosis. We talk about law of attraction. We talk about affirmations, meditation, um, you know, just anything self-empowerment that makes you feel good and makes you feel that you can do it and have that belief in yourself. And that's what I'm here to do. Outstanding. So we'll link to that too. And just where can people find you in general? So in general, you know, I've got like 35 uh, websites. Like we do, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't we list them? No. Um, So my main website um, that where, you know, all of my hypnosis recordings are is hiptalk.com. It's spelled with a Y, like hypnosis, H-Y-P-T-A-L-K.com. And you can also learn more about my book at practicallawofattractionbook.com. So um, I'm sure, you know, we could make a whole other show and I could list all my websites, <laughs> trying to actually get them all streamlined off to one uh, website right now. So I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll leave that for another time. Yeah. Yeah. So leave us with one of the tips. What's one strategy that people can put into use to start to create these actions in their lives? So the biggest tip really is knowing what you want and being very specific and committed to that and getting your thoughts, your imagination, and your beliefs all lined up with that and knowing that you absolutely are going to have to take action on those things and you will be inspired to take the necessary actions by lining up your thoughts, your beliefs with what it is that you desire to create specifically in your life. 
Jason Lynette here once again, and as always, thank you so much for interacting with this program as we're setting this up in the future thanks to automation and systems. It was great seeing a lot of you at the HPTI Winter Hypnosis Convention. And once again, to start to really build your own success in this career, in this profession, head over to hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. That's where you can check out the all-access pass to Hypnotic Business Systems, done-for-you marketing campaigns, step-by-step tutorials to activate your business. There's no need to reinvent the wheel. Model what works. Check that out. Hypnoticbusinesssystems.com with a thriving online community as well to get the support you need to build your own success. See you on the inside. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com. 